keeping your hands moving almost physically, you know, making sure product gets out, making things, talking to customers. But working on your business is all the backroom stuff that really makes up the business. Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Welcome to another episode of the Audience Converter Podcast for Community Leaders. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter and marketing strategist. We are all about building a business and building a community to support you and that you can support. Super excited today to be talking about something that most of us kind of shy away from, uh, but is really important for building a business that will let you make a bigger impact in the world. And that is the financial planning for your business. And talking about finances and the money stuff and all that confusing things. And of course, to help me talk about this, I have an amazing guest. I love saying his name. His name is Tom Peroni. He is the founder of NECGGINC and Business and Personal Benefit Planning Group. He's directly involved with the planning process with clients in the area of estate, business growth, and transition planning. He has been doing this as an extension of Peroni Associates, which was founded in 1970. He's got a few years of experience under his belt, and he loves talking about how business owners can be doing better with their business and helping them and guiding them along the way. He created the one-page solution to help business owners eliminate the what-ifs in their business and personal life and to develop their business DNA, which is, of course, the name of his book, Unlocking Your Business DNA. And uh, Tom definitely knows what he's talking about. He believes all the clients advise should be working together and aware of what other members of your team are doing for the business client and so that everyone can make a group effort to build the business that will help and support others. So Tom, so excited to have you here with us today and welcome. Kimberly, thank you. I'm very proud to be here and thank you for inviting me. Oh, you are very, very welcome. So as I mentioned, we are talking about something most of us kind of shy away from, right? Financial planning and how does that work for businesses and, and what does that mean? But first, I love to hear about people's journeys to becoming entrepreneurs. And you've been in this space for a number of years. So tell me a little bit about your journey to doing what you're doing. I'd love to. I'd love to talk about this because it's kind of unusual. Yes, this is my 50th year in the same profession. I just finished writing a book in July called Unlocking Your Business DNA. And I wrote it because a tragedy in my family created the passion for me to do what I've been doing for 50 years and also was the passion to write the book. And very simply, I had entered the insurance business in 1970. Six months later, my father at 51 died uh, suddenly, and his wonderful, profitable business went to seed within a very short period of time. It shouldn't have happened. I was too young and inexperienced to help him out at the time. But Kimberly, what I saw after that was what created my passion. I saw my family really having a very difficult time especially my mother who was widowed 49 with five kids, you know, Italian, wow. Italian, yeah. Italian moms 
love to cook for people. And they, they, yes, they do keep the plastic on the lamps and the couch, of course. <laughs> but they do have all the neighborhood kids coming in to eat. And what was the, the most, the hardest thing for me to watch, and it got harder as I got older because I realized what a passion was, that she had to sell her home and rent and move out of the neighborhood. And the passion she loved the most was lost. So that wasn't a financial thing. It was a lot more than that. Mm. And I looked at that and I said, nobody should ever have to go through that. So as I was growing in the business, I decided that I was going to make sure that business owners, large and small, did not make the same mistake my dad did, which was to work in the business, but not on the business. And that's what I've specialized in now for 50 years. And and that's such a, a great a phrase to focus on. But first, I want to say, you know, thank you for sharing your story. I know a lot of people get into doing what they're doing because something happened and they didn't want anyone else to have to struggle with it. Right. So it's it's really important and powerful for us to find what we're passionate about and be able to share it out into the world. And, you know, you said your your father focused uh, in the business and not on the business. So dive into that a little bit for me. You know, it's a phrase a lot of us hear, but I don't think we really get a definition on. So what is the difference between in the business and on the business? Yeah, and I understand that and people are confused, but really working in the business is keeping your hands moving almost physically. You know, making sure product gets out, making things, talking to customers. But working on your business is all the backroom stuff that really makes up the business. And there's four parts of that. One is the growth part of your business. What do you need to do to grow your business? And it's strategic. It's not physical. You have to think about how am I going to market? What targets am I going after? Do I have systems? Do I have a good middle management? All these things that create value. I call the value the potential greatest value because people don't understand if they start a business and they're making a good paycheck, I always say to them, can you take 30 days off? And they'll say no. I said, well, you don't have a business. You have a job. A business is something you create to sell down the road because you put a lot of energy and money and time in it, and someday you're going to need it for retirement. So working on the business is the growth. It's the area of protection. How am I protecting my business if I die, have an illness, or I want to retire? Uh, How am I protecting it from liability? How about cyber attack, right? So that's another bucket Mm. that we focus on. And then it's the equity side. What am I doing to grow equity in my business? And am I putting too much money in and wealth in my business so that if something happens, I can't get it out for the future? I'm a big proponent to put wealth outside of your business so you can get to it. And we have, through executive compensation programs and pensions, we have ways of doing that. And the last bucket of focus is transition. What are you going to do with the business? Well, I'm not going to sell it for 30 years. Well, how, what happens if you're in a car accident last night and you walked out on life? Where's your family? What happens to this business? So you need a plan right from the get-go. 
So we help business owners build that plan. And I'm, I'm really proud to say, Kimberly, I developed a, a very strategic program called the One Page Solution Program. And it's built on one page issues, one page solutions. And I can have our business owners work with me two hours a month and I can get them squared away within a short period of time. So I always tell them you can work two hours on your business and the rest of the time you can work in your business. And they like that. Definitely. It's one of those phrases we hear a lot and everyone has kind of a different idea as to what that means, right? But you broke it down into four different categories. And I think it's it's something a lot of us kind of don't think about or think about, oh yeah, it's something I'll need to think about in the future, later, not right now, right? But so many of us, we get into doing what we're doing, especially for entrepreneurs and people in the coaching world, right? We do what we do because we're passionate about it and because we want to make and help other people's lives improve. So the idea that if you're not working on it 24-7, then it doesn't get done. That's not what you want, right? You want to be able to leave something behind or do the things like go on vacation, right? How many of us uh, haven't been on vacation since we started our business because, oh, we might have gone on vacation, quote, quote, but we were still doing things in the business. We were still constantly checking in. We had no one else to run things. So I, I think it's, it's something for us to think about and contemplate, like, why are you doing what you're doing? But also, how is it going to continue once you no longer uh, want to be as involved, right? I have uh, on my book that I published, Unlocking Your Business DNA, and I, um, I will make available to your audience 10 copies if uh, paperback that I'll send to them, the first 10. But if they want the book, they can go to Amazon and get it for $3 on Kindle and $9 on uh, paperback. And all, all profits go to Wounded Warriors. So I wrote the book and you could pick up the book, pick up any chapter and there's 11 chapters. You will learn something about business that no one else has taught you. For years, we've been taught how to run a business and, and for many years it's been the wrong way. We've had this work habit that we got to work, 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 work. Hey, I, re I created a multi-million dollar planning practice and I only worked 80 days a year for the last 40 years of my practice. And I went to all the kids. I have five kids. I went to all the kids' meetings, baseball games, everything. So the point I'm making is that there's ways of running a business to enjoy it even more so to create your, your ideal business life and personal life. And you don't have to work 80 hours a week. And I put a lot of strategies that I've employed, used with business owners. Um, pick up the book. It's a great, it really is a good book because it really came from what I did, not just theory. Absolutely. And, you know, it's always powerful to be able to learn from other people who've done it before, right? So that we can kind of skip the, the learning curve, if you would. But also, I mean, think about that. 40 years before the advent of the internet, right? Uh, 40 years of being able to build a multi-million dollar business and only working about half, well, 80 days. I don't know how many work days are actually in a 365 oh. One-fourth of the year, yeah. Uh, One-fourth of the year. Okay, I was going to say half, but I was like, no, I don't think that's high enough. Uh, yeah, so I mean, being able to kind of step back, have your business do what you need it to do, have it still make the impact you need it to make, but not run yourself into the ground, 
I think there is this mentality, especially among entrepreneurs, uh, that we have to, as you said, right, work, 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 work. And if you're not doing that, then you're not being successful. And I will say, you know, when I first got started, that was that was kind of what I had seen. So that was kind of the mentality I had was you had to be constantly working. And I wasn't really going anywhere. And as soon as I started cutting back on the hours and restructuring and reframing what I was doing, I started to make more money, have more free time, right? And uh, it doesn't have to be this huge struggle, especially when so many of us, we get into doing what we're doing because we love doing what we do. But if we constantly are working 80 hours a week, do you, can you keep that love of what you do alive at that constant high level? Especially if your family is looking for you to be involved. Uh, I have on my team a wonderful coach, Joe Perone, my nephew, and he teaches business owners how to work less than 15 hours a week. And he built two successful multi-million dollar businesses uh, and he knows how to do it. So in our planning, he's in that growth bucket that we talked about. He sits down with any business owners and coaches them on how to do that. It's very important. It's very important. You, you, if you if you're working that much in your business, you really are are you ready to destroy your business down the road. It's not going to work. So true. I mean, I, I keep hearing this phrase or seeing this meme going around, right? Where it's like uh, entrepreneurs, the only people who quit their nine to five, 40 hour a week so they can work 80 hours a week and be their own boss, right? Or something to that extent. Um, and many people you talk with, many people I speak with, the reason they started doing what they were doing was they wanted to make an impact. They were passionate about it. And number three was usually they wanted more time to do whatever it is they wanted to do, to travel, to be with their family, to curl up in the corner and read a good book, whatever that looks like. But we have this phrase of, oh, it'll happen when, right? It'll happen when I reach that income threshold. It'll happen when, when I get enough clients. It'll happen when I get all my processes in place. But as soon as that happens, it's not a magical button, right? You have to sit down and create the schedule that you want to be living. So I've recently decided, okay, every random Thursday or something, I've, I've like put it into my calendar. Okay, this is your random day off because that's what I want is to just randomly be able to say, okay, this is the day that I don't have any deadlines. But if we don't take action to make that happen, it's never going to happen, right? Because we'll let other things and outside influence continue to build our schedule for us. Yeah, and, and structure is a big part of it. And today, it's even easy to do what I've been talking about because we have these automations, these virtual assistants. You know, today I had three requests for my book and um, all I had to do was look at the email because the system took over and sends everything out and uh, I just have to monitor it. But, you know, it's really important because you're trying to build something for the future. And I'll take a, I'll take a, a entrepreneur person that has one or two employees, maybe it's just themselves. You know, the big mistake they make is they run their business to build it. But you know what? They're, they're the financial hub of their family. They're creating that standard of living for their kids and their spouse. And you know what? If they don't do any planning and they get hit in an accident last night, what happens to the business? Trust me, there's no money in the business. And your competition, who are your friends while you're living, are also the same people that are going to offer your spouse a nickel on the dollar 
for the hardware and the equipment in your office. So I say to solopreneurs to really start to do some planning, even though they're small, especially if something happens to them because their family depends on it. Now, as you get bigger and you've put some of these growth value drivers into play, obviously it becomes easier to plan because you have a middle management team, maybe a key man group that would be willing to buy your company, but you still have to monitor it. I've seen destruction uh, for many years in many, in a lot of different cases, but my dad was a perfect example. He was, he was tremendously successful, had many people working for him, but yet his business was sold for pennies on the dollar. That should have been, if he had sold it on the market, it would have been worth a lot of money, but he died, you know? So, you know, that's where this all comes from, you know? Absolutely. And one of the things you mentioned, right, um, in the beginning was, you just said, right, if he'd been able to sell it on the market, when he was ready, it would have made a lot of money, but he wasn't ready. You know, no one expects that. So something happened. So we talk about the importance of planning and the importance of financial planning, and we have those four categories. But one of the things you mentioned was, you know, eliminating the what ifs from people's lives. So if somebody needs to kind of start today, what is uh, the what if, if you will, what what if should people start with? What's that first what if that people may not think about or people may not remember? Uh, but start with that what if and, and address that when talking about your planning. Well, there's four what ifs. What if I, and these are questions that are, they're not, they're easy to answer, hard to ask. What if I died last night? What happens to my business? What if my key person decides to go into business for themselves and leave me? Where are my company secrets? What if I have a long-term illness? What happens to my business? What if I just can't control the cash flow, the economy, or I just lost the passion to run. What's going to happen to my business? And they're really the cornerstone of planning, the what ifs. And there's an answer for everything depending on how you want it to look. And, you know, when someone will contact me, they'll say, well, you know, how do, where do we start? I always have them do a, a one-minute assessment, which is enough information for me to know in 10 questions where they're really strong and where they're really weak. It, it, be, it begins the agenda discussion and it goes from there. So those are four corner questions that you need to ask yourself if you run a business and I don't care how big the business or how small it is. Those are really great questions to get started with. And I know a lot of us kind of might contemplate that idea. Oh, right. I know there's questions I should be asking, but we don't know what they are. So, you know, keep in mind, everyone, that's kind of where to get started, right? That's your what if. And if people realize that they have these what ifs, right? How do they then start that planning process? What does planning for something like that look like? Yeah. Good question. Good question. People always ask me, planning is planning. Well, here's what I, let me give you my procedure. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, it's across the board. Um, people uh, will do an assessment online. I get it. I send them a quick report. There's no charge for that. And I tell them, if this is important, you want to have a phone discussion, we have a 30-minute phone discussion, no charge. If during that discussion, we want to go further into and dive into planning, 
remember I told you I do two hours a month, so I don't want to overload anybody. I have built right. in my structure very short videos that explain what I'm doing. And there's three videos that that person will get to listen to over the next month. And then we'll reconvene the, the second month and go over those videos. And if, again, they want to continue, then I have them do my scorecard, which is a little more in-depth, takes them maybe 15 minutes. That's where we start. And we kind of look at 15 to 20 areas in their business that they feel are weak and they want to improve on. And we take one at a time and we work on it until it's done. But remember, two hours a month. And every part has a video or two to get them through the training. It's almost like a, a course online. And they're doing it at home. So the only time I meet them is we zoom in and we talk about, well, how come your, what was your outcome? And we talk about it and we, we come up with uh, other things they could do. And it's, it's painless, but along the line, we're going down maybe 10 months, six months, five months, but we're getting more done in two hours a month than, uh, than they could ever get done in six hours of meeting in their office. And you know what? It, it doesn't hurt because they could take one bite at a time and over a period of time, they'll be all fixed up. It's very effective. Because business owners have two things that they don't like. They, they, they need brevity in their life because they yes. want to go do, right? Brevity is the most important. So I've made things very easy to do. It's snackable, right? Snackable content, snackable. snackable. I like, Kimberly, I like that one. It's snackable. <laughs> yes, that's the new thing I've heard in marketing, right? Snackable content. Easy to consume, fulfilling, quick. Uh, you get something and you move on, right? That's why the one-page solution, I put everything on one page, the issues, and I put one page on the solutions, and we're done, and we go from there. There you go. Well, I want to take a little uh, transition here a bit. We've talked a lot about the importance of planning, how to get started with that, what questions to ask yourself, where on earth you want to start. But, you know, you've been in business, as you said, right, for 50 years. That is a lot of experience in a long time. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how do you meet your people? How do you uh, get people into your world and, and build a community that lasts your business for 50 years? I'm a, I'm, I, I love connecting people. I, I just met, try to match people up, as you know. And I like to see people be successful. Listen, I, I've had a nice life. I wouldn't trade my life with anybody. I, I do what I want to do. I don't have to work, but I like working. It keeps me uh, from having to clean the garage or to do things I don't want to do, right? But my book has been a very, very big help for people to read on their own, to understand what I've been saying. So in, on their time, they could look at it and say, you know, this guy Perone makes some pretty good sense here because I haven't done that and I'm exposed. And that's, and a lot of times they'll send me an email and we start talking and I'm, I'm as, Hey, I was built for pleasure. I make every conversation <laughs> fun and I help a lot of people because I'd like to help them. And, um, I think that's where it is. And then of course I have a lot of people that I've helped over the years that when they see one of their friends or something running a business and just not doing it the right way, They'll, they'll hand them my book or say, hey, call Perone, you know, talk, have a conversation with them. 
And that's how it's really done. And uh, I only take on about 10 projects a year. I have a team that takes the rest of them on. But mm. I, you know, I bite size. It's just snack size. Snack, snack size. size. Snack size. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic, right? It, it's And what you've just described, right, is the power of community, is the power of just building great connections that can then build great connections for other people, which is always, always really powerful. So, you know, we're nearing the end of our time here. And I want to say thank you for all of the amazing information that you've shared with us. But if people are realizing, oh, you know, I've got those what ifs, maybe I should start addressing them. What is that first next step? What is that thing people should do immediately so they can start the process for planning for those what ifs? Very simple. And it's free. If they email me at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C at iCloud.com and just say, uh, please send me the scorecard, which is the 10, uh, it takes about one minute. Uh, 60 seconds, folks. (laughs) Yeah, 60 seconds. That's it. I will send it to them and they will send it. it, It'll, it'll be sent to me and I will then send them uh, a quick overview of what I got out of it. And then I give them my calendar link and tell them if they want to pursue a conversation, which is free, you know, set up a, set up a 15 minute, or a 30-minute call, which is free. And we talk about that assessment and see where they want to go, if at all. And if nothing more, at least I've showed them the two or three or four, maybe five areas that you really got to work on. And maybe I can point them to someone that could help them more than me, depending on the situation. There you go. So, you know, that first step to get started, just reach out to Tom at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C at iCloud.com. I think I got that right. And, uh, you know, ask for the 60-second assessment, right? It can't hurt to answer a couple of questions and get some advice and get some ideas about where you want to start that process because it's not going to happen overnight, but it doesn't also have to take up all of your time and can only help you in the long run. So uh, Tom, if people want to uh, connect with you, learn more about you, obviously they can reach out at the email, uh, anywhere else they should go and check out and connect with you. You know, I would say go to my website, but it's under construction now or, or changing it around. So I would just email me and I would send you my calendar link and you could set up a time, and um, that's the way to do it. And I might add one other thing, Kimberly. That assessment, that one-minute assessment, there's nothing personally in there that uh, is asked. It's really generic. I did it that purposely so people could feel comfortable uh, giving them their point of view. So it's nothing that, you know, nothing personal information. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, those types of things, they're always great to just do so you can get a starting point. Because one of the phrases I've become very fond of here recently is you don't know what you don't know. Because if you're going into an area of business, of entrepreneurship, whether it's marketing, money, management, mindset, whatever it is, if it's not your area, if it's not the one place you excel, then you don't know what you don't know. So it's always great just to get a starting point. It's not only you don't know what you don't know, but you don't know you don't know it. And, exactly. Uh, and I, I, here's what I would say to people. Uh, if it, Spend $3, get the Kindle book, read it. They'll get more out of that. They'll never have to speak to me, but they'll, they'll get more out of that to start planning their business. Absolutely. So 
Thank you once again, Tom, for being here, for sharing your wisdom with my audience. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here. Kimberly, it was my honor to be there. and Thank you very much. Very welcome. All right, everybody, that's it for today. Be on the lookout for our next episode. And remember, keep calm and carry on. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.